This is Project Keto, a podcast that teaches the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eat keto long-term. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. I'm your host, Madeline Hewitt. Let's jump right in. This is Season 1, Episode 4, and today our topic is How Can I Tell If I Am In Ketosis? We'll be talking all about measuring ketones and also measuring glucose or blood sugar levels. First of all, it's very difficult to tell if you are truly in, in ketosis unless you measure. Of course, there are signs and symptoms that you get from being in ketosis, but it can be tricky because those same signs and symptoms can come from other types of things as well. So some examples of ways you would feel when you're in ketosis would be a lot of energy, a lot of ability to focus clearly and think clearly, really good learning ability, really good reading comprehension. Also, if you have a big lack of cravings, if you don't feel like eating sugar, you don't feel like eating snacks or carbs. Also, if you're sleeping really well, those are all signs that you're in ketosis. But you can also get that way from doing other things. And so it doesn't mean that if you have clear thinking, you're definitely in ketosis. You also can't always tell how far or how deep you are in ketosis and also how fat adapted you are. So I do suggest that if you're taking this serious, that you start measuring your ketones and also your blood sugar because it can feel quite frustrating to be implementing all of these changes and then you don't really know if it's working. You're not always going to see a big change on the scale just because you're in ketosis. Some people think that they're just going to start dropping a lot of pounds really fast when they get into ketosis and that might happen for someone but Oftentimes it doesn't happen that way. If you are going to lose weight, it usually is slower and takes a little bit longer. So just watching the scale isn't going to be an indicator of if you're in ketosis or not. And remember that you would want to be in ketosis for many more reasons than just weight loss or how you look. Living in a ketogenic lifestyle is a lot more amazing for your brain power and your ability to think clearly and focus and feel good and also to improve your all-around health. It's more about that than just simply how nice it is to burn fat. Remember that your brain wants to be fueled off of ketones rather than sugar most of the time and also your cells prefer to be fueled from ketones rather than only sugar all the time. And just as an example, cancer cells are fed by sugar really easily. Cancer cells cannot be fed by ketones. So the more ketones you're producing on a regular basis, the less easy it is for you to be feeding cancer cells. So that's just one small example of why you would want to make sure that you have ketones circulating in your system and you're not just guessing. There's been many times where I felt like I wasn't in ketosis, like I felt kind of crummy, I felt kind of exhausted, and I might even have felt really puffy all over and and sluggish, and then I measure my ketones, and it's actually some of my highest ketone measurements, and I was shocked by that. I would have um, 
bet my life that I wasn't in ketosis at all at that moment. So I'm only bringing that up because it really is hard to tell just based off of symptoms. Although symptoms can be a nice hour-by-hour tracker about how you're doing. There are many different devices out there that you can get to measure your ketones and your blood sugar, but my favorite one is the Keto Mojo. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes so that you can get to their website and you can also get the discount um, through my link. But I like the Keto Mojo for a few reasons. One, because it measures your glucose, that's blood sugar, and ketones in one device, and you don't have to have different devices. Another reason is because it's a very high-quality machine, and it doesn't tend to break and malfunction over time. So there are other machines and other brands and devices that I have looked into and researched and heard from people on that work really well at first for a few weeks, and then the more you use them, the less accurate they are, and they start to just kind of malfunction because they're cheap, and then you have to throw it out and get a new one. Kind of like if you buy a cheap blender, You're going to have to keep buying $50 blenders for the rest of your life rather than spend $500 on an amazing blender and have it forever. And don't worry, the Keto Mojo isn't $500. Another reason I like the Keto Mojo is because the ketone strips are a lot less expensive than most of the other brands. So every time you measure your ketones, you have to use a little strip. Same thing for your glucose. The strip is what the blood goes on. And the strips are a dollar a piece, which does sound expensive if you've never heard of this before. But a lot of other brands are $4 a piece, or sometimes you can find them on sale for $2 a piece. And then the glucose strips are about 15 cents each. So I just love the Keto Mojo. I've been using mine really regularly for a long time now, and it's just done um, wonders for me. I know a lot of other people who use them and love it. If you have a different device that measures ketones, great. You can also apply the information today on that. You may have heard of using urine strips to measure ketones. And yes, you can measure ketones through urine, but I definitely don't recommend it if you're looking for useful and accurate information. We aren't going to get into a long explanation of why, but essentially, when you measure your ketones through your urine, you're just measuring what you're peeing out. You're not necessarily getting a good indication of if you're really making a lot of ketones or you're really burning a lot of fat. So just peeing out ketones doesn't really give you information. And oftentimes when you really get deep into ketosis, you don't really pee out a lot because you're using them so rapidly in your cells. So it can be misleading because you could be measuring your ketones by urine and then see that you're not making ketones at all But in reality, you are in ketosis, and then you just think that whatever you're doing isn't working. Measuring your ketones by blood is a lot more accurate for being able to tell if you're really in ketosis or not. You can also measure your ketones by breath, which is a wonderful way to do it, but that's going to be a lot more expensive. Oftentimes you have to buy a machine that's a couple thousand dollars, and that's really more of a a practice for a professional or somebody who's going to be doing many, many, many measurements over and over, and you end up saving money over time because you don't have to buy strips like you do with the Keto Mojo. But if you're just a regular person at home and you're just doing this for yourself or just you and your family, then I do recommend measuring by blood. 
And I would like to share a little story about myself and my fear and my issues with blood because I know a lot of people out there are completely turned off to pricking their own finger because it's going to be scary or it's going to be painful or it will make them feel sick and they're actually afraid of blood. And that's the type of person that I used to be. And I have an actual like serious phobia of blood that's not just some kind of little issue that I just don't really like blood. I've actually had people call 911 on me probably 20 times, maybe more in my life because I fainted because I saw just a little bit of blood. Like somebody got a little cut and there's this little drip and I just pass out. Um, anytime I've ever had to go and get blood drawn at um, a lab, I have to lie down on a table. I definitely am sweating and quivering and crying and oftentimes I'll throw up in the room or I'll actually pass out while I'm lying on the table and I have to have somebody drive me there because I'm in such distress and sometimes I'll even have to take the rest of the day off of work because it's so stressful and uncomfortable for me to do that I'm too sick to be able to work afterwards. And um, it's just a really big issue for me. So I am one of those people that has an actual serious fear of blood. So you might be wondering, well, then how does Madeline even do this? How does she even prick her finger or why did she even start this in the first place? And the reason I started it was because I was at a event, an event all about detoxification and ketosis and all kinds of cool things like that. And they had all these booths up and there was a booth with the Keto Mojos where they could prick your finger and measure your ketones and your blood sugar for you. And then there was also a, a booth with the uh, breath ketone meter. So I was there to do the breath because I definitely was not going to have anybody prick my finger. That was just not an option. So I went up to the booth with the breath machine and then sure enough, the machine was down and it wasn't working and they couldn't do the measurement. And I was really bummed out because I prepared all morning um, in my hotel. I didn't eat yet. I haven't had any coffee. I fasted. I did all of these things to see if I could get my ketones to a certain place. And then now I couldn't measure my ketones. So I just decided I was just going to buck up and just get my finger pricked and just do it and just get through it. So I did it. And yeah, it was really icky for me because I was so stressed out about it and because I was so scared that it was going to make me faint or get sick that it wasn't a very pleasant experience. Except for the actual experience of getting my finger pricked wasn't bad. Like I didn't feel anything. And the blood was so small that it it was like less than a paper cut amount of blood and it just didn't give me that reaction. So I decided to buy one of the devices. I just decided I'm just going to do this and maybe this will help me get over my problem with blood. And I don't really know if it's helped me with major situations with blood. Like if somebody was having a gash and there were there was wounds and blood all over, I probably wouldn't like that still. But I am actually able to measure my own blood sugar and my ketones many times throughout the day. And I don't have any sort of stress response at all anymore. And it wasn't hard for me to get this and to learn it. It just took a couple of times and some deep breaths and for me to open my mind to the possibility that maybe this could work for me. And it has. And I just have to say, I'm really proud of myself. And I never thought that I would be able to do something like that. 
and I'm looking forward to the next time that I have to get a blood draw so that I can see if I actually have improved my ability to be around bloody situations. So if you're feeling fearful about this, I just would love to encourage you to open your mind to the possibility that it might work for you and it might actually improve your life. So let's switch gears and talk about measuring ketones and measuring glucose. We'll start with the ketones. If you're using the Keto Mojo or a different blood ketone measurement device, when you get your reading, it will say something between low up to, um, I'm just going to estimate five would be likely the highest number you would ever get. If you measure somewhere between low and 0.4, that means you're not in ketosis. If you measure somewhere from 0.5 and above, that means you are in ketosis. The higher the number, the more ketones there are circulating in your blood, which means you're burning more fat. The lower your ketones are, the less in ketosis you are. But don't get down on yourself. If you measure and you're right at 0.5, you should congratulate yourself and you should be happy about that. And don't be thinking that it's not good enough. It's a great place to start and it's a great place to be just on kind of a normal basis. Now, if you can be up somewhere like three, that's really excellent. That's stellar. You're really burning a lot of ketones. And if you're up like at four or five, that means you're probably doing a lot of fasting. Like maybe you're doing some 24, 48 hour fasts, maybe even a five day fast, and then you get your ketones up really high. They can even go higher than five. But for normal people on a normal, regular type of keto plan, when you're not doing something extreme, plan to be somewhere between 0.5 and maybe two to three on a normal daily basis. Lots of people struggle to get up to 0.5 when they're starting out with keto. So if this is new to you, or if you have a lot of other health problems or a lot of stress in your life, then you might not be able to get into ketosis quickly. So that's why it's so helpful to use the measurements so that you can even tell where you are at all. Once you keep plugging away at it and keep working on your, your food and your meals and your stress and all of that, your ketones should begin to rise as you improve your health. Remember that there are multiple factors that can affect ketones. Exercise is one. Exercise does help to get you into ketosis, but if you measure your ketones immediately after a workout, you'll actually see that your ketones have dropped down, and that's because you're really using and burning a lot of ketones from your workout. Later, a few hours later, your ketones will rise back up. Stress will deplete your ketones instantly. So as soon as you start getting very upset or you're in a stressful situation or you're eating a food that causes digestive stress or you lose a lot of sleep or you're around chemicals, your ketones will probably drop really quickly. And then food choices will definitely affect your ketones. And when I say food choices right now, I'm talking about fat, protein, and carbs, the macronutrients. So if you eat a lot of carbs, your ketones will drop for the next 24 to 48 to even longer hours, maybe even three days. Your ketones can be dropped just from eating some carbs. 
but your ketones won't necessarily drop the moment you eat carbs. So let's say you are in ketosis and you're doing really well, and then you decide to have some carbs, like you have some potatoes at dinner. You might still be in ketosis after dinner, but maybe the next day you're not in ketosis. So I'm going to repeat some of this again because it can be confusing. Stress and exercise can affect your ketones instantly, and they can make your ketones drop right away. Eating carbs will drop your ketones, but it will take a little bit longer, like maybe 12 to 24 hours until your ketones decrease. And then it will stay low for longer, like maybe a couple of days, depending on how fat adapted you are. And then when would you measure your ketones? Well, ideally, the more you measure, the more you know about your body. So if if time and money and energy is not a problem for you, then measure 10 times a day for a while, seriously, and you're really going to learn quickly how your body works. Track your numbers, not for the purpose of becoming obsessive, but for the purpose of understanding what they mean. Um, but if you're not going to be measuring 10 times a day, which most of us aren't, then a minimum of twice a day is a good amount. Measure in the morning and measure in the evening. Try not to put it right after you exercise. Just keep it a little bit away from that. And you should expect your ketones to rise in the evening. So you'll wake up in the morning, they'll be slightly lower than they would be later in the day. Let's use an example. Maybe you wake up in the morning and your ketones are at 1, and then at night before bedtime you measure your ketones and they're at 1.4. That's a pretty common rise. But if you've been experiencing a lot of stress or something is going wrong, then you would expect your ketones to drop by the evening. Now moving on to glucose. Remember that glucose and blood sugar are interchangeable words that we are going to call the same thing. Measuring your glucose is a little bit different than measuring your ketones. It's the same process of pricking your finger and using a strip, but it gives you a different number. Ideally, your glucose would be between 70 and 90, waving in that nice mid-range of 70 and 90 all of the time. And when you measure your, your glucose, you'll get a number like that. So it will be maybe 70, maybe 90, or maybe yours will be 200, or maybe yours will be 60. It really can be any of those kinds of numbers, but your goal is to get between 70 and 90. And remember, the way to get your blood sugar between 70 and 90 is to stop eating carbs and sugar and to increase your fats and have some moderate amounts of protein. So you go back to previous episodes, especially the one that was all about insulin and blood sugar and carbs, and master that information if you are measuring your blood sugars and they're not really between 70 and 90 regularly. To measure your blood sugar, it's a different schedule of measurements than your ketones. It's ideal if you can measure your blood sugar right before you eat anything, right before you eat um, breakfast, a snack, a late night snack, a coffee, whatever you're going to put in your mouth, it's best if you can measure your blood sugar right before so you know the before number. Then finish your meal and wait about 30 to 40 minutes and do your second measurement right then. 
And that will tell you if that meal made your blood sugar rise, made your blood sugar drop, or made your blood sugar stay the same. And the goal is to be eating meals that make your blood sugar stay relatively the same or within 70 to 90. So if you measured before your meal and you were at 80, and then you measured after your meal and you were at 89, that's fine. That's not anything to be worried about. But if you measured your blood sugar before your meal and you were at 80, and then you measured 30 or 40 minutes after your meal and you were at 110 or 120 or 150, that's not good. That means that whatever you're eating has too much carbs or sugar for your body and it's spiking your blood sugar and it's going to put you on that blood sugar roller coaster. So I just love this tactic of measurements because it takes out the guesswork and it also takes out a lot of the um, emotion behind it where you might be thinking, well, I don't really know if this meal affected me because I'm not really measuring and I just... It's okay that I had all of these cookies because it's a holiday and everybody eats cookies at the holidays and it doesn't really matter because I feel really, I just feel fine right now and I feel like I have a lot of joy. And that's a wonderful thing to think and maybe that's what your mindset is except for when you measure and you see your blood sugar jump from 80 to 180 or 200 after eating those cookies For some of you, it's going to instantly stop your interest in eating those foods, which is probably what you want. It's going to make it so that you are completely unmotivated to eat those things and you want to stay on track because you don't want to see your numbers jump like that. Not a good thing for your body and for your health. Now remember, carbs, sugar, and stress are the main pieces that affect your glucose. And then when we go back to ketones, Exercise, stress, poor sleep, and your macronutrient choices are the main components that affect ketones. Now for some of you, this is a lot of information and it's completely overkill, especially if you don't already measure ketones and blood sugar. So my best recommendation if you're feeling overwhelmed is to get online Get the Keto Mojo, order it and get it and just start learning to use it. Just start using the measurements. Don't even worry necessarily about when you measure or how frequently. Just start figuring out how the device works. Write down some measurements and then once you have that mastered, come back to this episode or go to the show notes and review when to measure, how frequently and how to, um, how to adjust your carbs and sugar to bring your measurements to a better place. And then start doing it a little bit more regularly on a daily schedule. I definitely recommend that everybody keeps a journal of their measurements and their food until you feel like you have some of this information mastered. I'm never a fan of tracking macros, you've probably heard that term, or obsessively tracking what you're eating or what you weigh or what you're doing or what your exercise is for the purpose of beating yourself up and forcing yourself to do things. I'm not a fan of that. I am a fan of journaling your food and your ketones and blood sugar because it will help you learn the information. And if you just don't write it down and you just try and remember and think back to, oh yeah, I think last week or maybe two weeks ago, I got my ketones up to three, but I don't really remember how I did that or 
what I was doing that week, so I'm not really sure how, then you always have to start over and you're starting from scratch. So you can save yourself a lot of time by journaling about your symptoms and what your measurements are and what you're eating and what your exercise and your sleep is like and also your periods if you have a period. So that's all for today. Remember to look at the show notes for your Keto Mojo discount. You get 15% off Keto Mojo kits by following that link through the show notes. And you can find that at www.projectketopodcast.com and look up this episode. This is Season 1, Episode 4. Remember to also follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook by looking up Project Keto Podcast, all one word. And write a review, especially if you're in Apple Podcasts. I would love to hear a review from you, whether it's good or bad or you hate it or you love it. Any review is going to be wonderful. And rate the show as well. When you rate and review the show, it helps listeners find us and it makes it so that I can continue to do this show long term. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening in real time, it's the beginning of December. We're getting ready for the holidays. I'm sending you all some good luck for the next few weeks as we head into Christmas and New Year's and all of these parties that are coming up. Sending you good vibes, sending you some Christmas joy, and I'll catch you on the next episode.